Our next speaker, Barcelona, is a, a friend of mine. We met at Scanontuana High School. I was doing grade 11 when I met him and got to know him. But things really worked more in grade 12, uh, wherein we, I was born again, he was born again, Zueli was born again, Sipo Shavalala and Figi Lentanzi. We were just young people in the school who were all born again, but we really didn't know one another. Sipo Shavalala would come up and preach on stage at the assembly. And soon we, he started associating with Sipo and talking to him. And I knew Zueli from Youth Alive and very soon we started getting to know one another. And I remember when we first met, I was still a young Christian. I was still growing in the things of God. And, and when I got to know him, he helped me a lot in terms of knowing God more, living out my Christian life and becoming a matured Christian. And most of all, he's the one who, when we started believing God for a revival at our school, me and him would go out into the open field during lunchtime and the two of us would pray there for a revival at our school I wasn't spirit filled at the time I was born again but I wasn't spirit filled so we would pray and he would pray in tongues and I would pray in the languages I had and run out and so on but then we then met our sister Figilentanzi who offered her home for us to go and pray there, and we'd go there, and Figilentanzi there, Murti Keni there, Zueli there, and sometimes Sipo Shabalala, and we started praying there, and he's among the people who actually laid hands on me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I spoke in tongues that day, which was the, the 4th of July, 1979. It was a Wednesday. And so we started preaching at assembly together, and then we then went to Bible school together to the Apostolic Faith Mission Bible School. Studied there for a year. And then we together left AFM and went to Rema Bible Training Center in 1981. And then at the end of the year, he left to go to Cape Town. We kind of lost touch with each other. I became pastor of Grace Bible Church in 1983. And then he had come back from Cape Town and was living with some of his relatives. We reconnected. And in 1984, I asked him to come and join us and asked him to come and work with me as one of the pastors whilst we brought others in. And the most memorable time is the one at Church of the Holy Ghost where we would have services and sessions in the afternoon where we're teaching about the gifts of the Spirit, praying for people to be filled with the Spirit and talking about all these spiritual things, fasting and all kinds of things. And our church grew, grew, grew quite a lot. And then when we moved to Homemakers in 1986, uh, at that time, he had felt a call in his heart to go and start a church in Harangua. And of course, he did go to Harangua, start a church there, but in the process, he saw himself a beloved. Uh, instead of starting a church now, he started now wanting to start a family. And I remember, what year did you get married in? 1980? 1980? 1980? 1988. Yeah, so, and I remember when he first saw you, I was Sulu. He would always talk, tell me about this lady that he saw. You know, my friend is very spiritual, Mara. When he met you, he was spiritual, Mara. He was very much in love. He'd always tell us, hi, my friend, is Banyana, ha, Bomai Susu, Kanjan. And then we got to know uh, the, your brother, Murutuwanka, church started there in Harangua. He's always had a call on his heart to start churches. As a result, he started several churches uh, in Harangua. He started the church Yako Mafikeng, Ko Mabatu, Ko Mokwase, Ko Cape Town. And now they're running a church called Tabane as well. He travels around as an apostle. And when we say apostle, like Apostle Lenong, these are not titles they carry. These are functions they have. 
And it really is a great pleasure, Bazalana, to meet this man who's been uh, received Christ at the age of 18, stepped into ministry at the age of 23, and he's been working with God for 40 years now. He's married to this lady he used to tell us about, Aussulu, who's here. They are blessed with uh, two children, and they now have a granddaughter, and so on. Now we are aging, we are grandparents. And it's great to see your faithfulness in the ministry, Aussulu, my friend Kenny, for just being ministers who's kept to the word of God. A lot has changed. Many people we started with changed in what they preached, did all kinds of strange things. And uh, with you, you've remained faithful. You've remained committed to the call of God. And we thank God for that. You've remained in love with one another. We thank God for that. You've also remained in love with the work of God. We thank God for that. And so when we were going to have this, I said, there's no way. Uh, Apostle Makopo needs to come because this is a man that I was at school with. This is a man who prayed for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a man who taught me how to pray. You see me pray today. I learned from him how to pray. And so ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to ask us all please just to stand on our feet and just welcome on the stage Apostle Kenneth Makopo. Come on, Bazalan, let's... He needs a church called Faith Point Church. And blessed of the Lord. Give him a big hand, Bazalana, as he comes. Good afternoon, everybody. It's good to be here. You may be seated. I think my Pastor Matoli this morning, he spoke. And uh, the way he put his matter across... He made his own research, uh, researching Greek and Hebrew words. I was sitting there, you know, pressurized. <laughs> I was saying, my goodness. My. I didn't even hear what he was saying, you know. <laughs> and fortunately, Pastor Goza came and he neutralized everything. <laughs> now I'm a free man. <laughs> Uh, we are here because of uh, Muruti Mosa, my friend. Uh, thank you for inviting me to be with you. And we would like to thank God what he's doing in your life and through your life. We also appreciate Sister Gege standing beside you. We applaud all the leadership of this church. And we want to thank you for supporting this man of God. And you members of the church. We applaud you as well being part of this. And may the good Lord bless you all. My time. Until. Five to five. Okay. Once more, I greet you all in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We are here, we are celebrating what God is doing in this place and what God is still going to do in this place. And Murtumis, I want to thank you for having obeyed God until this point. But there is still much to be done. It will take a lot of commitment and dedication on our part. When we talk about building the kingdom of God, it is not a child's play. One other thing that I'd like to bring to your attention is we have somebody who is called Satan. And sometimes we tend to look down upon him, and yet the Bible does talk about this person, Satan. And we should not make a joke of him. We should not treat him light. Because when you look at history, we see men who have kissed the dust. We have seen churches that have kissed the dust. We have seen destinies of men being broken. So we need to be balanced. When I look at this book, my Bible, my Bible talks about several titles about Jehovah the Eternal One. 
This Bible also talks, and it has several times, about this person called our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the lily of the belly, the bright monster, and all the times. But not only that, this very, very book, it has several times about Satan. And what does that all mean? And God is trying to draw your attention that there is this being that we need to be aware. Oh, yes, on the cross, he was paralyzed, but he still wants to raise his head. He's very, very, very subtle and very, very deceptive. So as we look at this church, what we've accomplished, as we move into the future, let us take cognizance of his strategies. I'm here to encourage you, to motivate you, and also to warn you. When we look around us, we see our brothers and our sisters, some of them, it brings tears in our hearts. This is the reality. This is facts of life. And today, as we celebrate what has happened these 40 years, we applaud God for having been faithful to us, for having held our hearts and our minds. When the Lord Jesus Christ was here on earth, he spoke about two kingdoms. And these kingdoms, they are at war with each other. And uh, we are part of that. But for us and this church to overcome and go an extra mile, we're still going to need something from above. And we need to be in agreement with this person called the Holy Spirit. We'll never make it. It is not intellect, no skill. It is this person helping us. Even in your own personal life. Oops. Even in your own personal life. We cannot write him off. We cannot ignore him. We cannot put him aside. He must be in the center of our hearts and in the center of this church. We want to understand that Jesus Christ, our Lord, is at the right-hand side of Father God. Father God, our Heavenly Father, is in the heavens. But the only person who is right here in the church, it is the Holy Spirit. But we need to know him. We need to recognize him. We need to know his movement. We need to hear his voice. We need to know his leadership because he is the only one who's going to help us to reach 1,000 churches. He is the only one who's going to help us reach 1,000 churches. So today as we are here, I want to bring our thoughts together so that we must be on the same page on the same track. Jesus Christ made a statement. Jesus Christ made a statement. He said, I will build my church. Jesus Christ said, I will build my church. I repeat, Jesus Christ says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Yes, I know he uses, he builds his church through men like Pastor Moses, but he's the one who's building the church. Something very, very interesting about the Holy Spirit Something very, very important and interesting about the Holy Spirit. When you exalt the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit becomes happy. Did you hear what I'm saying? 
I said, did you hear what I said? I said, when you exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you didn't hear me. I said, when you exalt the Lord Jesus Christ, you move the heart of the Holy Spirit. And we thought this Holy Spirit of God is going to be very, 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 very hard to go an extra mile. Today, as we celebrate, as we thank God for all these 40 years, we need to move to the next page or we need to shift to the next level. In case you don't know, in Christianity, there are levels and there are heights. I'm saying in Christianity, there are levels and there are heights. And for us to reach our 1,000, yes, we must be in the highest heights. My Bible tells me, just Christ talking to the church of Ephesus. He says, remember the heights. Remember the heights. You see, when somebody falls from here to the ground, he does not feel the fall. If somebody falls from here to the ground, he can feel a little bit. When somebody falls from here to the ground, he can definitely feel it. Some people, they fall and they don't feel it. Some people, they fall and they don't feel it. Why? Because it was the level of their growth. No wonder when the Lord Jesus Christ speaks to another church, he says, they say you are great, you are powerful, you are, you are whatever, but he said you are filthy and you are naked before me. Go and book the book of Revelation. Because that is where Jesus Christ talks about churches. At one church, he's knocking at the door, he wants to come in. And all the people inside the church, they think Jesus Christ is inside, but he's outside. He is knocking, he wants to come in. But it is the Holy Spirit that will show our condition. If ever we have to go an extra mile, one, one of the important things we need to look at ourselves. Okay, something very, very interesting that I said to the church, right now as I speak to you, Right now, as I speak to you, nobody knows and nobody will never know. It is only you who knows. Go in the inside and check how much of the word of God is there. It's very, very good that nobody will know. Right now, as I speak to you, check in the inside how much of the word of God is in you. Courageous Christ, that if my word dwells in you, let me talk to you. Right now, as I speak to you, how much of the word of God, in case you don't know, there are men and women today, today who are pregnant with God's word. We as a church, we have to shift gears. And we've got to move to the next level. We've got to move to the next heights. I think it was on Sunday, Pastor Solo was sharing, and I was seated there, and it came as a cloud in my head, and this voice came strong, and it says, you can go deeper. This Sunday, I'm saying this Sunday, 
I'm sitting down right there and I hear a big thought going down my head saying, you can go deeper. And today I want to challenge you and I want to challenge myself. Today I want to challenge you, I want to challenge myself. I am so desperate, I'm so desperate, I'm so hungry, I'm so desperate, I'm so desperate, I'm so desperate that there are levels in God. Did you hear what I'm saying? I'm saying there are levels in God. Did you hear what I said? I said there are levels in God. There are heights in God. And God is calling us that we must change gears. You see, there are certain things in this life God cannot do without you. I'm saying there are certain things in this world God cannot do without you. But you must be in a certain condition for God to use you. And here is another challenge that I want to bring across. We are talking about the body of Christ. And you as a child of God, you cannot afford to be empty. You cannot afford to be empty. When you are empty, you don't have the strength to run. And for us to strike 1,000 churches, we must be on a different I think something pulls me back. God is interested in you, but God is interested in his word in you. Now here is another challenge. Our God cannot be a dead God in our lives. He does not say anything. He does not impress you in any way. He does not talk to you. It looks like God is quiet in your life. It should not be that way. And all of us who can experience God, there are still other levels that we can move into. My Bible says deep calls unto deep. My Bible tells me the Holy Spirit revealed the deep things of God. You see, our world today, our world today, our world today, our society today, it is looking for men and women who have touched God. I'm saying, our man, your husband, your wife, your children, your parents, your friends. My Bible tells me that you are the salt of the world. It means when people look at you, they must see something different. But my brother also tell me that you are the salt of the world. It means everybody must feel you. <laughs> people must feel you. And that's why sometimes we can come to a point where our life does not influence other people. Your life must be electrical. It must be magnetic. I will build my church. He was talking about you. I will build my church. I think something which is also very important as we look at 1,000 churches, and it is a challenge. In the book of Daniel, Daniel speaking, he says, and those who know their God. Not those who know their Bible.
those who know their God. Today, we need men and women, boys and girls, who know their God. The greatest thing in this world, the greatest, most influential, powerful men and women in this world, do you know who he is? Do you know who is he? It is the woman who gets his prayers answered. Oh yes, when you pray, you don't pray because you enjoy prayer and prayer is nice. No, 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 no. When you pray, the goal is that prayer must be answered. Today it is a personal challenge to me. I'm talking to myself and as well as I'm talking to you. My Bible tells me that Mary, the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ, he went to see Elizabeth. When he greeted Mary, Elizabeth said, I hear the baby jumping in the inside. And you too, when you hear the word of God, it must jump in the inside. Now, when we say all that, we are talking about the reality of God in your life. The reality of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. God, God cannot just be quiet in your life. I'm saying God cannot just be quiet in your life. I'm talking to you at back. I'm saying God cannot just be quiet in your life. No, no, he cannot. Because he said, I am a living God. Today, it is a challenge. As to, because if ever we are going to bring Satan down, if ever we are going to bring principalities down, if ever we are going to strike the walls down, it must be a certain person of a certain caliber. Our world today and our community is looking for a certain quality of men and women and are advocating for that. We have to ensure, we have to ensure that all of us, we can hear the voice of God. We can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Christ said, my sheep hear my voice. Because he is not a deaf God. What does all that mean? It implies all of us, we must grow. And please, I want you to understand, you don't stop growing. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm saying you don't stop growing. Something very interesting as I'm speaking. All of you from here, you are going, I mean, right now it's so beautiful. The atmosphere, it is very, 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 very electrified. We can even see the presence of the Holy, we can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, the peace of God. But from here, you are going to leave, you are going to go to a house and you will be alone. Right now you can celebrate with other people. You can feel the presence of God. But when you get here, you are going to get to your bedroom and you will be alone. And right there, God must be there. Yeah. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. I think I, I studied history. I, I, I looked at men who walked with God, who experienced God. I ran after them. I, I drove towards men who walked with God, who experienced God. I went to the wife. I, I wanted to know, how do you, how do you? I think probably some of you, Pastor Musa, the founder of the church, for him to, 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 to accomplish all that, it talks about God in his life. But we're talking about him, we're also talking about you. Because it's not only going to be him who walks with God, you too, you must walk with God. But not only that, you've got to move to the next level as well.
I heard one man make a very, very profound statement. I'm looking. Okay, fine. I think the time almost knocked me, knocked me off. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, all of us, God wants to be really in our lives. You know what I'm saying? God wants to be real to us. God wants us to experience him. God wants us to hear his voice. God wants us to see his hand operating in our life. God, he, 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 he wants us drawn to him. I mean, above everything, above everything, ladies and gentlemen, if I can live here, if I can live here, if, if you can live here, God conscious. Because that is what makes Christianity different from other religion. Christianity makes people be God conscious. When you look at the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ was Father conscious. Every time he said, My Father, my Father, my Father. My Father is with me. You are going to leave me, but my Father is with me. My Father is with me. My, my Father is with me. If ever we are going to shift to the next page, God the Father must be real in our lives. And we need to remind ourselves of Father God in our lives. Now, when Jesus Christ said, I will build my church, he was talking about people who are conscious of him and who are conscious of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here is my point. Here is my point. When Jesus Christ died on a cross, he died with only one goal. Many, 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 many times, I would like to understand that sometimes God, he's not really much interested in, in what we do as to who we are. Who we are. You know why? God made us to be kings and priests. This is who you are. And unless you know that, it's going to forbid you from moving to the next page. Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, he did not fail. I'm saying when he died on the cross, he did not fail. And that which he wanted to actualize, it is going to be actualized. Which is men and women who are going to be king and priests in this world. Do you know why? Because kings rule. Do you know why? Do you know what priests do? Priests can be in contact with God. So you as an individual, God wants you to be a king and a priest, but you must be functional. We cannot just be Christians and nothing is happening in our lives. I'm saying you cannot just be a Christian and nothing is not, is not happening in your life. We are here to be agents of change. I'm saying we are here to be agents of change. And that is why all of us, we must be dissatisfied with where we are. I mean, you need to look at yourself and say, I'm not happy with myself. I'm not happy with where I am. I'm not happy with my prayer life. I'm not happy with my experience with God. I am not happy. And there must be a thirst and a longing for more in God. God is interested in you. God wants to work in you. God wants to help you. God wants to use you. But that is going to be possible when you become conscious of who you are. And you keep on talking to yourself, I am a king. I'm, you wake up in the morning, I am a king. You wake up in the morning, you walk in the street, I'm a priest to God. 
And as you begin to confess these things, you say them over and over, they become a reality. You can't shut your mouth. You can't shut your mouth. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. You can't shut your mouth. I want to talk about us as individuals. As a church, I think we are united. 1,000 churches is our goal. But because, before you can go far, let's make an, a, a, a scrutiny of ourselves. Because many, 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 many times we never look at ourselves, we look at other people. Many, many, many times we don't look at ourselves, our work with God, we look at other people. But today it is just a reminder. Remind yourself, I'm a king, I'm a priest. I'm the child of the Almighty God. I'm an agent of change. The Holy Spirit dwells in me, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But you've got to affirm that every day. When you say it, it actualizes. When you don't say it, it delays. That's why God gave you a mouth. I'm here with my wife. She's a darling. She's my mother. She's my sister. She's my nurse. She's my counselor. She's my advisor. She reprimands me and she corrects me. She's a shoulder to lean on. She wipes my tears. She always tells me that you are a strong man. Second to the Lord Jesus Christ, the person who brought a change in my life, it is this woman. Had it not be who she is and how God wired, I don't think I would be where I am today. Now, what is the goal of God concerning the church? What is the goal of, of God concerning the church? Let's take the story in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 10. And he himself gave, him, him, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. You see, God has put men of God to equip you. To equip you. You are here to be equipped. Equipped to do what? To do the work of the ministry. You are here to be equipped. God is interested in you and he wants you to be equipped. Let's continue. Till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. Now look at what the Bible says. You are here, you are coming every Sunday. Why? Because God wants to perfect you with sermons and teachings. God wants to perfect you. But not only that. Let's go further and hear what he says. Um... To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Can you imagine that? That God wants you to reach the state of Christ. Can you imagine the mind of God? The mind of God, God brings you here so that you must reach the stature of Christ. Then if we can reach the stature of Christ, then we can conquer the whole world. 
Let's continue and see what, what it says. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in a cunning craftiness of deceitful plottings, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole world is joined together, knit together by every joint, by whatever joint supplies, according to, to the effective working of his, effective working by which Every part does its share. Every part does its share. Every part, every part does its share. You must do your share. You cannot be, you cannot just be a Christian, you don't do nothing. I say, you cannot just say you are a Christian and you don't do nothing. Maybe you didn't hear me. I'm saying, you cannot call yourself a Christian and you don't do nothing. That is not the mind of God. You cannot. You cannot call yourself a Christian and you don't do nothing. My Bible tells me you must play your part. If I could ask, how many people do you invite to the church? Ask your neighbor. Ladies and gentlemen, there are certain things that God cannot do in this world except he does them through you. That is why you are called the body of Christ. The body has hands, the body has feet, the body must do something. Jesus Christ is the head above there. You are the body of Christ. As long as you are a child of God, you cannot just sit there on your bumps and do nothing. Otherwise, we are going to be an embarrassment to the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe the Lord Jesus Christ at the right hand side of Father God, when he looked at this church, he said, that is not the church that I died for. That is not the church that I see in the book of Acts. I mean, when we have to judge ourselves, we have to judge ourselves by the book of Acts and see what was happening in that church. And that should be our cry. Let me say this again. You cannot just be a Christian and you don't do anything. You don't talk to anybody. You don't pray for anybody. You don't cast any devil. You don't pray for anything. You don't invite any person to Christ. You don't encourage anybody. You don't. You cannot. You cannot. It should not be that way. My mom was a drunkard. My mom was a drunkard. The day he got born again, he said, I heard my son two o'clock in the morning crying to God. If you love your mom, if you love your mom, you, if you love your mom, if you love your dad, you cannot be quiet. I was raised by a grandmother. I was raised by a grandmother and, 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 and I, led to, I led her to Christ five times. I wanted to make sure. <laughs> if you really love your father, if you really love your mother, if you really love your brother, your sister, if you really love your children, you cannot be quiet. You cannot. I'm here just to challenge you. I think as, 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 as the speakers, as the speakers they, they were talking, I wanted to talk about something that I've discovered recently. I'll talk about it tomorrow. How God depends on our prayers. I mean, it, it is shocking. It is shocking how, 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 how God depends on your prayer. He cannot do anything. 
Did you hear what I'm saying? He cannot do anything. Do you, know, do you know why the Lord Jesus Christ prayed? Do you know why he spent a lot of time praying? Because God depends on your... You will see it tomorrow. God depends on your prayer. And that's why someone at one time when he spoke to the children of Israel, he said, I will not sin against God for not praying for you. There is something, okay, let me just take this few minutes. There is something about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is something about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do, do, you, know, do, do, do you know what is that? The church of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is supernatural. Eish. Eish. Did you hear what I'm saying? I'm saying the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is a supernatural church. And the supernatural must manifest. And unless we pray, God, the supernatural, Lord, we pray, Lord God, the supernatural, Lord, bring the supernatural back into your church. Do you know what will happen? Do you know what will happen? Do you know what will happen? South Africa will bow down. Hey, it will bow down. It will bow down. Do you hear what I'm saying? Those guys in the government, they will bow down. They will bow down. Politicians, they will bow down. We'll talk about that. The supernatural. I believe in the supernatural. I prayed for the supernatural. I dream about the supernatural. I challenge God about the supernatural. I look for men who walk in the supernatural. I wanted to know what was the key? What was your master key? Unless we have a thirst and a longing and a desire for the supernatural, they will never come. Unless we long, we cry, unless we fast, Lord God, release the power of the Holy Spirit in your church. That will never happen. Why? Because God always does what you ask. So today I'm here, I'm here to, to provoke you. I'm here to challenge you. Sometimes you never, you never know whether it is okay to talk about your experiences or maybe you, you give an impression that you are spiritual or sometimes you, you doubt as to can I say this or not. When I say this, am I, am I, am I trying to give an impression you know, that's why sometimes you withdraw. Though you would like to say something profound that you experienced. Here is my point. God, God is real. And God wants to be real in our lives. God wants to manifest himself. God wants to help. God cares. God is interested in us. But we must tune our mind and our spirit to connect. And that's why we need to be conscious of the spirit of God in the inside of us. I want to give the last verse and then I will go. Tell your neighbor, change. No, he didn't hear you. Tell your neighbor, change. Okay, I'll leave it. I'll leave it that. Ladies and gentlemen, here is a challenge. God wants to experience him. 
God wants to experience the supernatural. God wants you within you. There must be a desire. There must be a longing. You must long after God. You must thirst after God. You've got to read the Bible on a regular basis. You've got to talk to God. You've got to say, God, I want you to be real in my life. Lord, I want to be real. I want to be practical in my life. Lord, I want to see your hand. I want to see your presence. God, I long for you. When you do that, God is gracious and he is merciful. God always, God always, I mean, God is an amazing father. God, he is an amazing father. Sometimes even when you sin, we do something wrong, even when you pray in faith, God will always respond. Why? Because God honors faith. God honors faith. I said God honors faith. So you as a child of God, having thrown all that across, talk to God and say, Lord, I want you to be real to me. Holy Spirit, I want you to be real. I might have reached certain levels of God that I can still go deeper. I pray, open my mind, open my eyes. Lord God, I pray, be real to me. A simple prayer like that, God will honor it. Because God is not angry with us. God is not upset with us. God is not irritated with us. God is very, very compassionate. God is real. And he wants us as his children to dare talk to him. Say, Lord, be real. He's not going to be angry. He's not going to be upset. Actually, he'll be delighted to see you approach him as a son and your daughter. Let me leave you with these words. Run after the Lord your God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Let's just do what we just learned right now. Let's just thank the Lord for Apostle Jacob. Would you raise your hands and just pray in the Holy Ghost in the last few minutes as we're about to close the session. Come on, if there's anything tired about you, is the outward man. It's not the inward man, all right? Okay, the only thing that gets tired is the body. The spirit gets charged by the word of God. The inward man is renewed day by day. Pray in the Holy Ghost and thank the Lord. Jada bariya la bro, da bariya no no sukuri da bariya.